Welcome to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers Howell. What is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast where we feature awesome women in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. This week, we're brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. We're also brought to you by Lucky Rabbit Tattoos. Find out more about them at LuckyTats.com. If you have a comment about the show or something you want to share with us, just call or text 765-233-2640. Again, that's 765-233-2640. We might use it on the show. Also, join the conversation in our Facebook group. Just search Gone Boss and come hang out with us. Who do we have on the show today? Today, we have Cheryl Lindis, founder of Experience Muncie. Our premier sponsor today is Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. What do they have going on? Well, you know, they've kind of changed up their programming a little bit. Just about everybody in the world has. I mean, everybody in the world <laughs> has. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we're in stay home mode, Corona 2020 and all that good stuff. So they have changed their programming from face-to-face meetings to Zoom, Zoom, online webinars, <laughs> all all kinds of different stuff. I was uh, I actually attended one of those seminars. Oh, this did you? Past week, yes, we were. I think it was like, hey, let's get everybody together, see if this works. And over 50 people were in that Zoom meeting. That's that's a lot of people. It was a ton of people. I so. was in a Zoom meeting the other day with like 25 people, and that was a lot. Like 50 seems like a lot. But you had professional grown-up people in the meeting. That's true. That's true. And then I had, there was me. And then you. Yeah. I had, <laughs> I've had all my Mama Mia castmates, which is great, but they're a little more artistic and free-flowing and all of that. And I'm just going to put this out there. If you're on a Zoom meeting and, yeah. you're, and you are not speaking, the common courtesy etiquette is to mute your line. And then unmute it when you need to talk or whatever. But if you're not talking, mute the thing so not everybody hears your dog bark and your kids walking in and out and all that kind of thing. On April 2nd, from 2 to 3, is a webinar entitled Adapting to a Virtual World, Ideas for Introverts and Extroverts. Now, this has to cost 40 bucks or more. No, it's free! Free! Free, free, free! Way to go, matching game. I know! Good job, Schaefer Leadership. Uh, it's presented by Ellis Wasserman and Mitch Isaacs. So they're going to be talking about introverts and extroverts. You've heard, you might, you've probably seen this meme on Facebook, right? Introverts, please check on your extrovert friends. They're not okay. It is true. It's also funny, but it is true because the, the extroverts are stuck at home. Yeah. Not talking to anyone. This is the introverts' oh, yeah. greatest time This is ever. their Super Bowl. They've been waiting for this. <laughs> <laughs> this is what they live for. I, I'm kind of in the middle. Like, I consider myself an ambivert. So, like, I can go outside and hang out with people. But being at home, chilling out by myself for a little bit is okay. But anyway, our extrovert friends could use some help. Participants will identify key traits of introverts and extroverts, explore challenges and opportunities for introverts and extroverts in a virtual world. They will discover effective strategies for connecting with introverts and extroverts in today's environment. You can get more information for this program or any of their other digital uh, conferences and programs at shapefreeleadership.com.
Today in the studio, we have Cheryl Lindis, founder of Experience Muncie. Welcome, Cheryl. Hi, how are you? Good I'm to be doing here. well, thank you. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you for having now, me. you just got back from a huge trip. I did. Tell us about Where the safari. I did. Almost uh, three weeks in Africa with oh, a group wow. of 17 people who are all connected here in Muncie through Kent and Steve from Vera Mays. We came together from all over the United States and spent some time in Kenya and Tanzania and on safari, in tribal visits, in cultural visits, and really even just bonding as a group. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've certainly found that it was a life-changing experience and are trying to figure out how to manifest some of those things into our own lives now that we're back in the States. Tell me about uh, getting prepared for that. Like, this is a trip. Yes. Uh, Like, what were the preparations? You know, it was pretty interesting because we were planning for a year on this trip. And so everybody, we would all be texting or sending notes back and forth and saying, what kind of pants are you going to get? Because you really have to look at clothing. You have to look at bug repellent. You have to look at, I like to do photography. So you Mm -hmm. have to look at what your equipment is going to look like. And I can remember thinking about all the things that I needed going over. However, we were limited to 33 pounds total. Okay. Because we were flying on very small planes. Mm-hmm. And so now you have to be very we strategic. Had to pair, you had to be strategic. So it's a matter of you're taking two pair of pants uh-huh. and you're taking three shirts. And thankfully, all the locations that we stayed at had laundry so we could get our laundry done and then I could take the camera equipment that I needed. But what I found when I came home was that. I really just needed to go with an open heart mm-hmm. and to enjoy the experience and enjoy the people and fall in love with the wildlife. And um, I didn't need anything else except the camera, of course. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you got to have that. The, the photos have been phenomenal online. Thank that, you. The ones I've seen, of course. Mm-hmm. So just amazing. Looks like National Geographic. I think I even mentioned you that did. You. you did. You <laughs> did. And I will tell you, I'm not, uh, as most people, if, if they follow my page or they see me on Instagram, I'm not prone to a lot of people photos. And that was the first time that I had the patience to take a lot of people. You just come away with the feeling of how they live and you can see to me into their souls through some of the photos that we all that we were all able to get while we were there and the wildlife is beyond oh yeah what any of us expected I mean the whole trip was beyond what we expected I think Matt shares your affinity for not taking a lot of people photos mm-hmm. because I'm always mm-hmm. telling him, could you please take pictures, like when we go on vacation, could you take pictures of people like us, your family, who's also here with you? Right. I used to vacation with a friend and her husband would say, I don't think you guys went together. <laughs> and I would take photos of her everywhere. Right. And he's like, you're not in any of these pictures. And I said, no, I would take some pictures of her. But most of the time I'm going to take scenery and landscape. And mm-hmm. But I sort of gained a little bit of, well, I certainly became humbled mm-hmm. from being over there just being able to look at people in in a different light and say yeah I do want to shoot them and bring out the best in in what they have so it was good so tell us a little bit about yourself oh my goodness uh I'm an Ohio Buckeye native so I've been in Indiana. Came to Indiana when I was about seven years old. I grew up here, went to school. I'm a proud Southside rebel okay and found myself uh, at the age of 17, unexpectedly independent, and I had to go to work full-time. And by 19, I was working at the newspaper, okay. where I started an th- almost 33-year career uh, working for Central Newspapers and then Gannett. And I moved around to some different markets and came into leadership roles. And when I left the industry in 2016, I was regional vice president over three companies here in the state of Indiana. After that, I got bored mm-hmm. when I left, and I decided to look at the community and figure out what we were without and what we could use. And so I developed experience months 
Cincy and started writing about the positive things that are going on here and great places to eat and the cool people that live here and doing some profiles and highlighting some of the things to do. Mm-hmm. Been on a little self-imposed hiatus since about middle of December just because I've been traveling so much. We were just in Mexico after we got back from Africa. So it's uh, been a little bit of a whirlwind. And so I'll pick back up. Yeah, it's kind of hard to like in write and do profiles while you're, you know, in in Africa, yeah. Mexico and it's, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, I could do canned material and, and do it in Evergreen and set some things up. And um, it was just a good time for me to step away for a moment. I've got a couple of other priorities as well. And that I have to, they have to be first and foremost. Oh, yeah. And so we'll be back at it. Excellent. All right, talk to me about the newspaper about industry. The newspaper industry. Over the past 33 years, you've well, seen it's changed phenomenal a lot, change. I, would imagine. I have. Oh my goodness. So when I started in the newspaper industry in 1983, there were there was a morning and an evening newspaper here in Muncie and there were a few radio stations, WOBC, WMDH, WERK, mm-hmm. and there were no television stations except for broadcast TV, ABC, CBS, and NBC out of Indianapolis. Then the market started to fragment. Uh, later in the 80s and the early 90s with the advent of cable television, Mm -hmm. some other places that started using more sponsorships and banners and taking those dollars and moving them elsewhere. Readership, though, has not really been the issue. People want to get news and information. Mm -hmm. The issue now, though, is they can get it in a lot of different ways. So Mm -hmm. they're using the internet. They're using social media. I mean, my news now is aggregated through my Twitter feed based on what I like to read and what I like to follow and then anything that someone else might share. So it's just a changing model. And then what happened more than the readership changing was the revenue stream. You know, 75% of our income was from advertising and that money moved Mm -hmm. as the eyeballs moved. And, you know, you can do so so much through mass advertising on social media now Mm -hmm. and in other ways that it has become less expensive for businesses to be able to manage it that way. So it's unfortunate because people still want the information. They really want to know what's going on in their community. And you can see that by comments that are still oh, yeah. on the newspaper. If you follow the Delaware County Community Awareness page, you see there that people kind of want to know what's going on from a scanner aspect and a crime mm-hmm. aspect and what might be happening in the community. So it's not a lack of readership or lack of people. It's just a shift in how the revenue model works. Yeah, and people want to know like in this age of like fake news and right. whatever, so just because I read it on Facebook or Twitter, exactly, uh, they want to make sure, hopefully we're making sure that it right. is true and actual factual news, not, you know, whatever anybody wants to yeah, spin. I, in the newspaper industry, print has always been one of the most highly respected as far as being factual. And people don't always agree with that. They look at things and they look at something, how it's read, and it may affect them a little bit differently or personally. But you can pretty much count on that if you go back and do the research that the facts are there from what's being written from a reporter's aspect. It's not opinion news like what you see on television that is Mm -hmm. sensationalized many times now because cable news is just that. It's opinion versus Mm fact-based. And most people, that's a correlation that they may not see uh, when they're watching television news. Not so, my favorite, if yeah. you can tell. <laughs> no, that's okay. That makes sense. So is it true that there used to be a like a Republican newspaper and a Democrat newspaper? Somebody told me that. Oh, my goodness. Not in my time. Okay. People seem to think that, though. Okay. They will always think that because of the way that opinions are written from a newspaper or depending on who might be writing. Mm-hmm. So if they, they look at what is being reported on, they'll think, oh, you know, that's all very Republican. But if you would go back and look, so for instance, in the years that I was general manager there and oversaw the operation, when we would do endorsements, 
politically. We never really looked at their party as we were talking. We would talk to them about the issues and what their plans were because each candidate would come in and visit with us. And then we would go back and say, you know, this is what they're moving forward on that we like. And so this is why we want to endorse endorse them. We weren't sitting there going, okay, this is a Republican Mm -hmm. or a Democrat, and this is the way we think, because we couldn't think that way when we were sitting in the room. We had to be completely, you know, we should be non-biased. And and I think that we saw that a lot, but people wouldn't think that from reading reading the results. I could see how that could get. It's it's easy unless you're sitting in the room and you kind of go through the process. And Mm -hmm. we would bring people in. We actually had community advocates that sat with us on our editorial boards and they would see how the process worked and then have a better understanding of what that meant once our endorsements came out in the paper. Most papers don't endorse anymore. Mm -hmm. Some of the big ones do. You know, USA Today, uh, the Indianapolis Star every now and then they will, but they've tended to get away from that just because of the political nature of a lot of discussion that's happening on right now. So what else are you involved in here in Muncie? So um, doing the work for Experience Muncie, I'm involved with the United Way on the United Way campaign uh, each year. Last year, we did some work on from independent donors that are no longer involved in a business campaign. We got to track those people down and kind of figure out where they're at. I'm on the committee, planning committee for Rialzo. Yes. Okay. in Health Services. Mm-hmm. Uh, the maternal treatment program is near and dear to my heart, and I love what they're doing with that. So I like to support that program and also when they're focused on the Child Advocacy Center. So everything that Meridian is doing is, you know, stepping forward in a way that's helpful with some of the challenges that we face nowadays. So those are those are pretty big deals for me. Now, you say you were originally a Buckeye. Tell me about family. What do, what do we have going on? Oh, my goodness. Uh, family is everywhere. Uh, so I'm the youngest of eight oh my in gosh. total wow. between sort of uh, some mixed marriages with my parents. And the next one to me is eight years older than I am. So I would say that we're not the closest in group just because of our age differences. The oldest one to me is 16 years older than I am. Wow. And okay. I'm the only one that lives in Muncie. So my father is deceased. He passed away when I was 19 and my mother lives in Arizona. I have a brother in Las Vegas. Anybody wants to go for a visit, he would be happy uh, to have guests, uh, family in Tennessee and Ohio. So okay, yeah, so you got them all over the place. I do. Yeah, you know, a host of friends. So that's really my circle's pretty tight, and they are uh, very local. So why Muncie? Other than the newspaper, of course, having the job and career and everything. But you said you you went off to other uh, markets and things like that. I would say why I'm still here right now is because of personal relationships that I have and the things that the community can afford. I mean, I lived in four uh, larger cities Mm -hmm. than Muncie, and I just did not find the same heart for people and the same heart for service as what you find here. And it's very interesting because you would think one of those cities, I was in Montgomery, Alabama, and you would think you would find that same yeah, graciousness everywhere. And but all that. it's just a community where people care about each other. They care about the community and they care right now about moving forward. My two closest friends are here and I like the amenities here. Mm-hmm. I live near Prairie Creek Reservoir. It's certainly taken for granted by some people that may not realize it's there or they've been there and they don't understand how big that is. Miniaturist, a cultural center which I love, the Cardinal Greenways. We have a lot of things happening in this community that we want people to understand are going on and that you just don't see everywhere else. Oh, yeah. And if you don't get out and take a look around, you don't really notice that. What's something you wish you had known starting out? I really wish that I would known that 
Everybody has a perspective. And if you are open to listening and you want to grow and develop in your own life, that you know that every single person that you touch is going to give you something. Mm -hmm. You just happen to be open to receiving it and how you're going to manifest that. Now, it might mean that it's a way that you want to be. It might mean that it's a way that you don't want to be. You just have to be open to that. And I wish that, you know, in my 20s and 30s, I would have realized that. But, you know, with age comes wisdom and we learn from everybody that we touch and everyone that we see and develop those skills as we go along. What was your biggest takeaway from the safari trip, though? Seeing a different set of people halfway across the world. Talk about perspective. Yeah, it's humbling. It's another one of those areas where it's so hard to describe what you see there because people don't live the way that we do. Mm -hmm. The tribes are still in huts that are made out of sticks and and uh, grass. They're built by the women because the men only work with the cows and the sheep and the goats. The women do all of the other work for the households. They are polygamists. Uh, That's written into their constitution, but they're happy. When I come back and think about, okay, how does this manifest into my life? It's how to bring the wart and the sense of community because there's there's just this massive sense of community. Everyone speaks to each other. They're friendly. You want to be friends with them. I mean, we had uh, one night we were in a hotel. We had all the entire staff out dancing with us, dining with Mm -hmm. us. They were teaching us their music, their dances, their songs. They just love having a good time and being friendly and that warmth. We're friends on Facebook with all of them. And some of the folks, we were in separate Jeeps. There were six of us in each Jeep. Our Jeep texts each other virtually every day. I mean, we just bonded so well. Mm And you bond with the people that are over there. Now, Dad, I see you got stuck in the mud. A couple of times, <laughs> yes. <laughs> they were having unseasonably high rains. So especially, we were there, I think it was our second or third day when we were in the Jeep on the game reserves, and we were stuck in front of a pack of camels, as a matter of fact. And so we got out, and one of the things that you have to make sure when you're in Africa is that you ask and get permission first before you start shooting photos, especially mm-hmm. of people, oh, yeah. because mm-hmm. they're very sensitive to that. So we asked, you know, are you okay? if we take some pictures of your camels and while they were changing our tires and so we were pulled out once we were pushed out once we had we helped multiple other vehicles be pulled and pushed out just because of it was unusually uh, wet and so we found ourselves in a lot of mud we had flat tires we had a couple (laughs) flat tires actually that's where we were with the camels we had a flat tire but we were we definitely were in the mud Tell us a little bit about Experience Muncie and where it's going to go next. So Experience Muncie is all about highlighting positive things that are happening in the community, things to do, places to eat. I love to write about food. You know, I gained 15 pounds in the first three months I was writing for that thing. (laughs) I did. And then I had to kind of take a step back and say, okay, I can't go have dessert everywhere, you know, that I want to have three times a week. But we miss out a lot of times when we're in our day-to-day lives thinking about what the good is that's happening here. There's a lot of development. Muncie's in transition. It's going to be in transition for a while yet. Mm -hmm. And we want to be able to highlight those positives that are going on and also talk about the people that are here. They're changing other people's lives. And it's not necessarily all the people that you see on a regular basis out there. You know, we know who the volunteers are, but there are a lot of people that we don't know who the volunteers are and what they're doing. And, you know, I do a things to do. I was doing a things to do calendar, but I am a person that's driven by numbers and readership and engagement. And I knew this when I started Experience Muncie, that the calendar was probably going to be the least popular thing because people get their information in other ways. So, you know, the weekly calendar is definitely going to go away just because it's not as popular, but I'll still highlight big things to do that are coming along in the community Mm -hmm. because it's important. I'll launch video this year just around town and some things that are going on and highlighting a few more photos of the area because I think the more that we can tell the story and the more that we can show people because they're probably more visual than they are you know they're not they read the profiles 
you know, we're having 15 to 16,000 engagement on things that I get posted up there when it comes to a profile or about food, Mm -hmm. that that's a big deal. So that's the the worthwhile things that that I want to continue and be able to tell those stories. And if there are things that people want to hear about, all they got to do is send me in. Let let (laughs) you know. (laughs) (laughs) Let me know because I'm happy to talk about them. I don't do them as peer reviews. And I do want to make sure that I clarify that because if I have something that I feel is below par when I'm at a business, I'll speak with them privately. Tell me something that's on your bucket list. I mean, I guess not. I guess you've probably knocked off like go on a safari in <laughs> Africa, right? Well, here's the interesting thing is that we are going back. Oh, okay. Uh, in a couple of years, two years probably. I think 2022 is the year now. 2023 at the absolute latest. When I see the gorillas, mm-hmm. uh, either in the Congo or Rwanda, definitely a visit back to the Serengeti because we didn't see as much there because of the rains, the high rains. I'll be in Germany in the spring. Travel is the top of my bucket list, and it doesn't matter where it's to. I'm gonna go. <laughs> All the time. And now it's time for the lightning round where we ask quick questions for quick answers. So number one, what's your favorite band or artist? Elton John. I've seen him six times. I'm seeing him again uh, at the end of March on his end of the road tour. So he's the top for me. Awesome. Easy then. Yes. Are you an early bird or a night owl? I am an early bird and daylight savings time is killing me right now <laughs> because <laughs> I want to see the sun come up in the morning every I day. Know. I know <laughs> you take beautiful photos out there at the reservoir of the sunrise Thank over you. the water. I mean, oh. it, it is amazing. You know, every day it's different. That's the beauty of mm-hmm. nature is that every day it's all different. And so you have a lot of different perspectives to pick up. Audio was asking me this morning, like, Mom, why is it dark outside? Last week it wasn't dark <laughs> in the morning. And I, I'm like, how do you explain daylight savings time to a six-year-old like I'm not sure I completely get it we don't get it either anymore you know they have lights on farming equipment and I don't want to stay up till 10 o'clock at night so I like to be up at five o'clock in the morning okay what's your favorite book too many to list I'm a voracious reader and uh, I like takeaways from all of them so I really can't even tell you what my favorite book is have you ever met anyone famous yes Arnold Palmer a lot of golfers my brother-in-law was a PGA caddy on the tour my sister worked for the Caddies Association so I've had the opportunity to meet Phil Mickelson Arnold Palmer I've been in close areas with Tiger Woods but not been able to shake his hand and say hello so, uh, George H.W. Bush I him at a golf tournament one time so somebody else said that there. they met George Bush didn't they yes N- well Nancy Reagan too yeah. Said she had a big head. Said she had a big head. <laughs> For such a small body, her head was big. Oh, my goodness. Well, George was a completely gracious and uh, very nice to have a conversation with. What's your guilty pleasure? Probably chocolate. You just can't do wrong with it. <laughs> I've had to I've had to give it up a little bit recently, but it's um I still like a really good chocolate every now and then or a martini. Martinis probably. Oh, martinis are right good. there with I like it. Dirty martinis. Yeah, extra dirty, please. I like a Viramaze has a um, lemon basil that is Ooh, that would be kind too. of over the top good. What's your hidden talent? My hidden talent is uh, I suppose cooking. I love to cook. And I like to spend a lot of time in the kitchen. I'm having a dinner party this evening and um, using a, an authentic recipe from Mexico that I picked up while I was down there. So okay. I definitely like to cook. Do you have a favorite thing to cook or just whatever strikes your fancy? Whatever strikes my fancy. I would say in past years, it's been more along baked goods, pastries, all the good yummy mm-hmm. stuff. And now I'm into a more healthful eating. So savory is right there. And so I like to do anything and I like to try new things, okay. not the same things over and over. Do you sing in the shower? Always. <laughs> Always? Okay. <laughs>
Now, what do you as sing loud in the as shower? you can? Anything Elijah? that just happens to pop into my head. Sometimes it's country, sometimes it's rock, sometimes it's just humming. You know, singing and humming are a sign of contentment. So, okay. if you're singing in the shower, you're having a pretty happy day. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Trek, because I've never seen the full Star Wars movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And I, when I was little, you know, we did watch Star Trek every week. I couldn't really tell you a lot about it except for Captain Kirk and Spock, but I have never seen Star Wars. What is your most used emoji on your phone? Oh my goodness. It would have to be the one that kind of looks like he's gritting his teeth saying, oh my goodness. <laughs> that would be it. You know. We... Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate being here. Thanks for stopping by the farmhouse. It's been an honor. Thank Bye. you. Bye. We're also brought to you today by At Your Service Cleaning Company. Did you know that At Your Service Cleaning has been cleaning homes and businesses for over eight years now? What? Yeah, it's Jennifer Cooper Wilson. I know her. You might know her. Yes, I know her. I know her because I DJ'd her wedding back in February. I know, back when we were able to go do things. She just got married. She did. Her and her whole troop was awesome i i went to the party we took, Zuzu i took zoos we danced it was so much she had a great time but besides the fact that she can throw a cool party she can also come and clean your house or your business and right now that's pretty important yeah i mean we're all talking about you know germs and viruses and all this stuff well chances are your business is closed down that's right. If it's like ours. Nobody's there. <laughs> Nobody's there. We are recording from home. So if your business is closed down or operating on restricted hours or whatever, now would be a great time to have at your service cleaning company come in and thoroughly clean, deep clean, disinfect, get all that funk out. That way, when you're ready to come back to work, whenever the case that might be, you're going to hit the ground running. It's going to be awesome. It's it, going to be smelling good. It's going to be clean. You're not going to worry about germs and gross and everything. And if you're like us, like when we all get back to work to the office, it's going to be busy. It's go time. It's go time. You're not going to have time to like, oh, let's disinfect our office and do all that kind of stuff. No, we got to get, we got to get busy and make up for lost time. So call Jennifer Cooper Wilson at 765-702-7188. That's 765-702-7188. You can call Jennifer Cooper Wilson or you can text her because she's cool with texting too at your service cleaning company, 765-702-7188. What's up, everybody? Today we're going to play Who Knows Me Better, Mom or Dad. All right. We've got Adia in the studio with us today. We are Gone Boss at Home recording because it's the stay home version, right? And Adia thought it would be a cool idea to play a game, Who Knows Her Better, Mom or Dad. What is my favorite food? Easy. Mac and cheese. SpaghettiOs. Mac and cheese. It is. Oh, dad wins. All right. What's my favorite animal? Zebra. I was going to say zebra. Well, unicorn. I I get to go first. Unicorn. She said unicorn. I say zebra. Um, It's tough. Now, technically, a unicorn is a mythical, magical creature. They are real husbands. You zebra. Unicorns are fake, so. Oh, Oh, (laughs) I get it. So, dad gets it. All right. 
What's the next? Favorite board game. I'm going to say shoots and ladders. I'll say operation. Operation. Oh, she gets it. I hate shoots and ladders. You she, hate it? She does not like shoots and <laughs> no, ladders. No, I, I don't like it. <laughs> what is my favorite card game? Uno. I'm going to say war. War. Oh, oh yeah. Here, we'll, we'll split that one in no. half. Mom got half of that one, remember? I got the first question. It was just on the same piece of paper. Yeah. Favorite person. Who's your favorite person? Me, Mom. Liam. Liam. Oh, it's her friend from school who she hasn't seen in so long. I know. But we did see his picture on e-learning today. That yeah. was nice. Yeah. Favorite game. So not a card game. This is your favorite game. Favorite, favorite game. I have a second favorite game. Not a board game, not a card game. Okay. It's a board game. I'm going to say Minecraft. I'm going to say hide and seek. Minecraft. Yay! <laughs> favorite insect. Favorite insect. It's not an insect, but <laughs> mm, bug. It's is what it, she has in yeah, her. Yeah, is it your worms? Okay. Uh, I'll say a willy worm. The worm. Uh, the willy worm is dead. Like I don't think it's alive. We had the willy worm for uh, what at least three weeks in that uh, little aquarium. But yeah, and then a couple days ago it rained, and Zeus decided to go outside and look for worms, and she turned over all of our like rocks and stuff, and dug out a bunch of worms, and put them in the terrarium, and now they live in our house. Yeah, yeah. Mommy. And they crawl, they and they crawl, crawl on the, the sides, sides, and it grossed me out. It looked. <laughs> Have you named them? No, I wanted to all name them Jimmy Bob. Jimmy Bob? <laughs> you named a stick, didn't you? A stick named Joe? Yeah. Yeah, we have a stick named Joe. Don't you have another one like named Steve or something weird? I don't know. Wait, Steve is from Minecraft. Is Steve from Minecraft? I thought Steve was from Blue's Clues. <laughs> Nobody you, watches Blue's You don't Clues even know anymore. what Blue's Clues is. That's our, that's our other kids. I watch it sometimes, but I don't like it anymore because I don't play the game. Well, thank you so much for coming in the studio and playing your game with us. It looks like I won. I think so. Wait, let's count how many we got. Dad, go first. I've got five. I have two. <laughs> I think someone rigged this game so Dad would win. Yeah, Dad wins. All right. Well, Dad knows you better. High five. Yep. Let's go wash your hands. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or you can find us on Facebook just by searching Gone Boss. If you have a comment about the show or want to share something with us, call or text 765-233-2640. That's 765-233-2640. We might just use it on the show. Also, join the conversation in our Facebook group. Just search Gone Boss and hang out with us. If you like what you hear today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcast. Today's episode was brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Check them out at SchaeferLeadership.com. We're also brought to you by Lucky Rabbit Tattoo. Find out more about them at LuckyTats.com. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week and find out who has Gone, gone Boss. boss.